Well, welcome back on this great week as we talk about Jesus and meeting Jesus. I'm Pastor Scott, and today we're going to talk about probably something that, well, it, it just kind of gets creepy. In, in the early 1900s, this movement started called Divine Healing, and it, it manifests itself with, with healers would put their hands on people and see them healed. Well, I want to talk about that. If Jesus really is our healer, does Jesus have really have the ability to bring healing to our mortal bodies? Of course, the answer is yes, but we really need to dig deeper into that and look really what he's saying to us about divine healing. Now, the group time this week really talks about divine healing and spiritual healers and those kind of things. What's the deal with faith healing? So I hope you'll tune into your group time and, and get a deeper look at this. But I want to talk about this. Who is Jesus? Come and meet Jesus. This this movement we find ourselves a part of in is centered in Jesus. I heard someone say, well, I don't get Christians. They base their whole belief system off one miracle, the resurrection from the dead. Pretty big miracle and pretty big reason to base your whole belief system off. If, if someone can come back from the dead, they probably are God. Even Lazarus, who Jesus raised, he died later. Even the widow's son of Nan, who died, he who was resurrected, he died later. Jesus lives forever because he is God of the living and the dead, the God of all creation, the God that death cannot hold. So he is the healer. Now, to this point, we've discussed Jesus as Savior. Now I want us to turn and talk about him as a healer. If you're like me, you've witnessed some of the outrageous kind of divine healings that were often dismissed as what God is doing. You've watched an evangelist wave his arm and everybody in the place falls and he brings people and he slaps them on the head and they fall and they're allegedly healed. Now, we're not going to go down that road today because I don't think that's a road that needs to go down. What we're going to do is talk about clear biblical evidence of Jesus as the healer. Jesus says this. Well, actually, James, the brother of Jesus, says this. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord, the Lord Jesus. Such prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. Whose faith, such prayer offered in faith, whose faith? The faith of the one who's sick? The faith of the one who's praying? Uh-uh, neither. It's the faith of Jesus. Depending upon, hoping in, believing in Jesus. Jesus is the author and the finisher of, of our faith. Hmm, interesting. Now, let's go on. We have the power of Jesus to heal. He heals. Jesus has the power to heal. And we have the authority to ask him to do so. Isaiah said this, he was punished for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be made whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And he's talking about Isaiah's prophesying about the crucifixion, that by his stripes we are healed. One translation says that. Now, does that mean physical healing or does that mean spiritual healing? And the answer is yes, because Jesus is the complete healer. The author of Hebrews said it this way, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God and there we'll receive his mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. Usually when do you need it most? When you're sick. You need it most. You need it most. Huh? Today we see Jesus as healer, but there's more to it than physical healing. There's much more, for he is the complete healer. 
So let's go on this journey, this journey, and I, I pray this really helps. Father, thank you for what you're going to say this morning, and I pray again that you'll speak through me. You'll motivate us to hear your word and let us find hope and healing in you because you are our healer. And I pray this, and we pray this in your strong name. Amen. So go back to this first invitation we talked about last week. Come and see. Jesus invites you to come to him. Listen to what he says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight and 30. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I think that's probably all of us. I know I'm dadgum weary of this stinking pandemic and the uncertainty of leading in this awkward time. I know I'm carrying heavy burdens. I carry burdens for you, for your spiritual condition, for the spread of the gospel, for my children, my grandchildren, my wife. I carry heavy burdens. I need someone to help me. And then Jesus goes on and says, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. Okay, that's good news. Let me help you, Jesus says. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give to you is light. Coming to Jesus is an intentional movement. It's intentional. That I make a decision of my will that I will arise and go to Jesus. I will do this. And it's... Jesus says all, all who are weary. It's not this predetermined selected group, even though God in his sovereignty knows all who will respond. God in his grace offers it to everyone. All who are weary. Jesus is inclusive. Jesus doesn't look at race. He doesn't look at culture. He doesn't look at knowledge. He looks at people and he loves you. He loves me. And he's displayed that for us over and over. He says, come to me with your weariness and your brokenness. Like, I've heard people say this all the time. Well, you know, when I get my act together, I'll, I'll come back to church. Well, really, come back to church ain't going to do nothing. Coming back to Jesus is going to do something. And Jesus says, don't come until you're fixed because you'll never get fixed to come. Come while you're broken. Come while you're broken. Earth has no sorrows that heaven can't heal. Come with your broken, your weariness is broken. Because Jesus loves broken people. Why? Because we're all broken. We're all a dumpster fire. We're all a mess. But Jesus loves broken people. And he doesn't leave us broken, for he's our healer. He says, come to me for rest. All right, what does this mean? You're not meant to live in a state of unrest. You're not meant to live in a state of anxiety or fear depression, or worry. You're meant to live in a state of calm, in a state of thriving, in a state of hope. And you're never going to find that outside of Jesus. Now, you might need some medicine to help you get there. That's fine. There's nothing, it's not a sin to be sick. But Jesus is the answer. Jesus wants to fill you with his shalom. If you go back to the sermon I preached on December the 20th, and listen again about shalom, the peace of God, how it invades our hearts. He wants to give you that. That means a state of complete restfulness, free from anxiety, war, conflict, and worry. That's what Jesus wants for you. And you find the relief only healing from Jesus can bring. Come for rest. And then Jesus says, come and take. You know, come me all you're weary and heavy laden, and you will find rest for your souls. 
take my burden, take my yoke upon you. Now, this is interesting. Yoke is not, and I've seen this, I've seen people put ox yoke up on their walls where they have, you know, one ox puts his head in this one, the other puts his ox head in this one, and they pull a plow together. That's not what this means. It's not what at all what it means. In fact, people who use that illustration really haven't bothered to see what Jesus was really saying. The yoke of the rabbi was the body of his doctrine, his teaching. Now, the yoke of the law the Jewish people had was arduous and worrisome and bitter and hard, and they couldn't live by it. They couldn't do it. And then the Pharisees and Sadducees tortured people because of their inadequacy of the ability to keep the law, which they themselves didn't keep. Kind of sounds like politicians today. You can't fly on an airplane, but I am. You don't need to go to Mexico on a vacation, but I will. You don't need to eat cows, but I'm having the T-ball. It's hypocrisy, and we see it passed down, passed down. But it's not the yoke of two animals where Jesus is pulling the plow and you're on the other side of the plow. That's just ignorance. It's the body of his doctrine. And he says this, align my life with my teaching, my word, and you'll find that my word and my teaching and my doctrine gives you life. Gives you life. Gives you freedom. Take his humility, Jesus says, and be dependent upon God and trust in him because he's the gentle healer. You'll find mercy from God. You see, God lives in mercy, and he lives on the mercy seat, and he speaks mercy. Mercy is the language of heaven. I've used this analogy before. I want to remind you. In the Ark of the Covenant, you know, that's the thing from Indiana Jones. It's got the two angels holding their wings like this. Right below where these two angel, angel wings almost touch is the mercy seat. It's on top of the covenant. When God spoke to Moses, he spoke to him from the mercy seat. God, mercy is the language of heaven. God is fluid in mercy. If God is fluid in mercy and he lives on the mercy seat, don't you think he's going to give you more mercy than you deserve? Absolutely. Because the mercy of God is greater than all your sinfulness. All your brokenness. All your disease is greater. And Jesus says, I'll give you my mercy. Ooh, wow. Come and find rest what you need, and you will find rest. It's what you need. What I've discovered is the indwelling Holy Spirit that comes and comforts my soul. Man, I come so often face-to-face with my sinfulness. My, I should have done this. I could have done that. I would have done this. And, and I get disappointed in myself or become anxious. I worry about money. Do you ever worry about money? Well, I do. I worry about my kids and their decisions. It seems like adult children are far more complicated than younger children. I sometimes live with regret that I should have done this when they were little and loved them more and not worked as much and been a better dad. And, and, and I beat myself over that. And, and, and that just leaves a brokenness in my soul. And, but you know what? I've got the mercy of God and the transforming of the Holy Spirit who, who doesn't excuse my bad behavior, but sure gives me mercy to endure it. It sure gives me hope in spite of it that I am becoming what he wants me to be because he wants me to have a transformed life. That's why he says, come to me, all you are weary, heavy laden, you'll find rest, you'll find healing, you'll find hope. You see, my greatest need 
It's not physical healing for my body, even though my body needs some healing. My greatest need is to be made right with the great God that I might live a great life. And you know what? Jesus says, I'm going to heal your soul by living in you. I'm going to dwell in you. When you say, Jesus, I'm yours, Jesus moves in. Oh, that changes everything. Huh. Jesus wants me to come to him. He's desiring me to come to him. It says in Isaiah, if your sins be as scarlet, they could be as white as snow. Jesus says, come to me. Paul said it this way, God demonstrated his love for us while we were sinners, Christ died. Jesus wants to be my first option. Actually, he wants to be my only option. Because he's the healer, he'll heal my soul. And he'll heal my broken body. I am convinced of this. That even if I'm not healed of my physical maladies, God will use me for his greater glory. Huh. What if he doesn't heal me? Well, you know what he is. He's going to. I guarantee he's going to. Well, Scott, how can you say that? Uh, I've been diagnosed with cancer. I've been diagnosed with a liver disease. Or I've, been, or I've got a broken, uh, a broken mental illness. I, God will heal you. How will he heal you? Because you will never die. When you come to Jesus, you'll live forever. And the ultimate healing is to be with him in heaven. Where there's no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more death, no more crying, no more suffering. In this world you will have trouble, but fear not, I have overcome the world, Jesus says. And we are created to live in a glorious kingdom. I guarantee he's going to heal you. I had a dear sweet lady at church in Victoria who was dying of cancer. And I got a call on a Sunday afternoon and said, Pastor, she's not going to make it through the day. Can you come? And, and I went. And um, usually when I show up at the hospital, it's kind of, you know, it's bad. Uh, people laugh. They call me the angel of death. Well, anyway, this, this day I was, just that. I walked into the room, and there she lay, fully conscious. Her family surrounding her. I grabbed her hand, began to speak to her, and I quoted John chapter 14, 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you. That where I am, you will be also. And I didn't quite finish the passage to what she left for heaven. And she was healed. She was healed. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly ones. Because he is our healer. What I know is this, that when God chooses to move in miraculous healing and he heals my body of cancer, it's to prolong my life for his service. When he heals my, my knee pain, it's that I might walk in faithfulness. When he heals my celiac disease, is that I could be more effective in his service. God extends my life to physical healing that I might live all for him. But then he heals my life for eternity when he takes me into his arms and I live forever with him. That is Jesus, our healer. The ultimate healing is to be home free. But I want to invite you to come for healing. And maybe today you need to send out a prayer or jump into a prayer room. We have that available that you could jump into a prayer room and we'll pray for you. Maybe your healing 
is spiritual. Maybe you feel like you've gone too far and been broken too great and you can never come back to God. Let us help you find your way home. Let us be a guide. Maybe you need to come to Christ today and let him live and rule and reign in your heart. Let us help you with healing. Maybe it's physical healing. Maybe you, you need prayer for a miracle and an extension of your life and so you might live more faithfully for Christ. Let us pray for you. Or, or maybe it's an emotional healing. Maybe it's anxiety or fear or worry or abuse or neglect. Let's pray for you. Maybe it's relational healing. Maybe your marriage is broken. Your kids are broken. You need someone to stand in the gap for you. The Bible says go to the elders of the church to be prayed for. And the elders are not some position. It's the mature Christians. We'll pray for you. Maybe folks in your group can pray for you. Now I'm going to talk about something that's a little tougher. Maybe it's sexual healing. Maybe you've, uh, you've done things. Maybe you've experienced things. Maybe you've been sinned against sexually, and you're identifying yourself by your sexual proclivity or sexual experiences. It says this in Corinthians, Run from sexual sin. No other sin is so clear it affects the body as this one does, for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Does God freak out about sexual sin? No. He leans in. And this is what he says. If we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness, unrighteousness. How would you like to take off the, the label of adultery or promiscuity or fornication or perversion? Come to Jesus and be healed. I know you're going, golly, Scott, why the heck are you talking about this? Because I love you. And I want you to live in the fullness of God. So why don't you come to Jesus? For he is your healer. Father, thank you that you're so faithful and good and that you're fluid in mercy and abounding in grace, and the author of hope, and you are our healer. And I pray, O oh God, that the folks that have heard this today will take the next step of coming to you for prayer and for healing and for hope and renewal. Father, some that are listening need to give their life to you, for they're spiritually lost. And they are today they need to be spiritually found. That they will pray and receive you as Savior today and be changed, and you heal their souls. If this is you, whisper this to Jesus. Jesus, I'm yours. I'm giving my life to you today. Forgive my sins and be my Savior. I'm coming to you. Thank you for healing me, for saving me. Father, I don't know what other next steps need to be taken. There's some that might need to start a group or Go online and watch our next step videos that help them with their spiritual development and discipleship. God, whatever you do, I pray that you will bring healing to us, that we might bring healing to others through our prayers and our love and our mercy that comes only from you. All for you, King Jesus, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Now, I want you to listen to this song about Jesus, our healer. And as the song is being sung, I pray that you'll take time to be prayed for 
and to pray for yourself and find what only God can do in you. Again, thank you for your generosity and giving. Start a group. Remember the God material we provide for your daily readings, your group time we provide that goes deeper, and of course the gatherings on the weekend. Invite a friend, and let's let the viral nature of God go viral over the world to eclipse this stinking pandemic that hopefully will be over soon. I love you. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you again soon. Because